I'm Donica Contour, and this is Naptime Devotionals, episode 97, God is My Salvation, studying Isaiah chapters 1 through 12. Welcome to Naptime Devotionals, a come-follow-me study for busy moms. I'm your host, Donica Contour. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm a wife. I'm a mom. I'm a daughter of God, just trying to get home, and I hope that something I say here today will help you on your journey home, too. Morning, friends. Um, you will be listening to this shortly after I record it, if you're on YouTube. How do you like my hair? <laughs> Literally just woke up. Um, <clears throat> my sister-in-law and I ran a, well, I say ran, um, we completed a half marathon on Saturday and I am still hobbling around like a little old lady who needs both of her hips replaced and new feet. <laughs> so, um, and needless to say, this did not get recorded ahead of time and scheduled like I typically do it. It is getting recorded the day of, but that's okay. So we're talking about Isaiah. And um, if you have never read Isaiah before, but you have read the Book of Mormon, you will find some of these scriptures familiar because um, Nephi quotes a lot of Isaiah. He's big, big on Isaiah. Um, the other thing I was going to say is in the Come Follow Me there is a little, particularly for this lesson, um, in the individuals and families, uh, manual, there is a little section on like tips and tricks on how to understand Isaiah better. So I highly recommend going through that. Um, and the other thing I find helpful with Isaiah is to listen to it as I'm reading it. Um, so on your phone, if you've got the gospel library app, you can actually, go in and like, um, oh, what's the word you can go in and there's a little earphone headphones type thing in the corner and you can hit that and somebody will read it to you. Um, so let's just jump in. There's really just one section of Isaiah that we're going to talk about, even though we literally have 12 chapters of Isaiah that we could talk about. There's just this one part that really stood out to me. Um, it's Isaiah chapter one, verses 16 through 18. And this is the part where he's talking about, oh, excuse me. <clears throat> he's talking about, um, the wool being colored, um, crimson and how it can be made white again through Christ's blood. And the come follow me recommends reading this little section from, um, sister Sharon Eubanks talk. Christ, the light that shines in the darkness. I think this is from a 2019 general conference. I'm not sure if it's April or October, but it's from a 2019 general conference. So this is what she says. The scarlet dye of the Old Testament was not only colorful, but also color fast, meaning that it's vivid color all um, stuck to the wool and would not fade no matter how many times it was washed. Satan wheels this reason like a club, while wool white wool stained scarlet can never go back to being white. But Jesus Christ declares, my ways are higher than your ways. And the miracle of his grace is that when we repent of our sins, his scarlet blood returns us to purity. It isn't logical, but it is nevertheless true. And <clears throat> I just wanted to talk about this. This is in a section of her talk, ow, um, that's talking about how we feel like we could never be good enough. And I feel like particularly as women, I've never been a man. They might go through exactly the same thing. I've never been a man before. Um, <laughs> but as women, I feel like 
we especially don't feel like we ever measure up, whether it's to our own expectations, whether it's to what we perceive God's expectations to be, whether it's society's expectations, whether it's some combination of all three, we always feel like we're just not enough. We're just not good enough. Um, And um, earlier this week, Jody Moore, I shared it in my um, stories on Instagram. She shared a thing about how um, the repentance process is not supposed to be this punishment process. It's not supposed to be there to ridicule us and make us feel shame and make us feel like we're the worst. And she's like, particularly when you've got like serious repentance stuff to deal with, um, where you're having to talk to higher authorities and this kind of thing. Um, we can, Satan's really good at making us feel like you are the scum of the earth. You don't deserve to live. You are not worthy of love. Um, and none of that is true, right? We don't, our worthiness and our worthy, okay, let me see if I can say this in a correct way that makes it make sense out loud because I understand the concept. Our worthiness, when we're talking about whether or not we're able to participate in certain ordinances is different from our worth. Um, in the same way that I can't think of an example, um, our, our worth is innate, right? How much God loves us because we, we are his children, right? Um, here's an example. I got one for you. If my seven-year-old, right, is, um, wants to watch TV, right? And then I tell her, okay, you can watch this one episode of a show, but then you need to turn it off, right? I tell her this with the expectation that that's what she's going to do. Um, if she does not turn it off after the one show, but continues to watch TV, which this used to be a problem, continues to watch TV and I come downstairs and it's three hours later and I'm like, girl, you said that you're going to turn this off. Then the next time that she asks me if she can watch TV, I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm going to be less likely to trust her, right? My, my, uh, my trusting of her is affected by the choices that she makes. I love her exactly the same. I love her just as much if she watches 12 hours of TV after I told her one episode as if she watches the one episode that I told her that she could watch. I love her exactly the same. It does not affect the way that I love her um, and how much I love her. It just changes how much I trust her. And I feel like that's the same with um, our Heavenly Father. His love for us is innate. There is absolutely nothing we can do to mess up that love for us. We can be the worst human beings on the planet, make terrible, terrible, terrible choices that would make every other human being on the planet go, you are the scum of the earth and you don't deserve to live. And God would still look at us and be like, I love you so much. I'm really sad about the choices that you made and you can't, do the things that I had planned for you because you've made these choices and you're not, I don't trust you to make the good choices because clearly you've shown us that that's not, not, um, there for you right now. But even if we make all these horrible, horrible choices, 
we always, always, always have the opportunity and the, the chance to repent, to look at it and be like, this was not a good idea. Heavenly Father, Christ, help me find my way home. And um, I think that that's something that's really cool is that if you, if we are somehow able to map this out, like map out a path of this is, this is the straight and narrow, right? This is the straight and narrow path. This is where we walk. Um, this is the path to get to God. And then if we are, wander off the path, whichever direction, right? It doesn't matter how far away we wander. If we turn back, Christ is right there with his hand out, like, come on, let's, let's get you back. Let's get you back. And sometimes the walk back to the path is kind of a trek, kind of a walk. Um, but he walks it with us the whole time, right? Like he is constantly wanting us and helping us get back to the path if we are seeking that help. Um, and so I just really like these scriptures particularly about how sometimes our very human logical brains are like, but this doesn't make sense. How could this possibly work? How could Christ take my scar now, my white shirt that is now scarlet stained and how could he ever make it pure and white again? Because that just, it doesn't compute for me. I'm always going to have some mark there. There's always going to be some level of stain there because this stain was so bad. And he's like, no, that's not how it works. That's not how it works. My blood is whitening agent. It, if you use it, if you stick to it, it will help make you pure again. Um, and I love that this is just kind of a reminder that just because we don't understand exactly how something works doesn't mean it doesn't work, right? I don't understand how Wi-Fi works, but my not understanding that how Wi-Fi works doesn't change the fact that it works. Um, and so this is the same way. The atonement is the same way in that it works and we don't always have to understand how it works to know that it works. So I'll talk to you all next week.